This is Kyle McCord, and you're listening to Austin, Felix, and Matt on the Debbie Debate. Welcome to the Debbie Debate. All right, boys, are we ready to debate? Austin, you tweeted something, girl. You tweeted your running back rankings. Explain yourself. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. Who jumped up and... That's Austin Mace. Who is going to be that guy? And for me, Bijan Robinson is still going to be that guy. who spins and then tries to bounce it. A stiff arm, another one as he rides it. Keeps his balance. They're going to say he stepped out. But I'm Felix Sharp. I know you didn't think that we would get through this episode without mentioning the name. One, Zach F. Wilson. Screen or draw? Oh, Wilson is going to uncork for the end zone. Drops it in beautifully, and it is his roommate, Dax Milne, on the touchdown. That's Matt Brody. G. Scott Jr. Obviously, I waxed poetic about him on the last episode, so I won't do that again here. And this time it's Fields on the carry. Watch out. Justin Fields. Hello, Columbus. 51 yards. Bruni, are you ready to go head to head with me? I am. Gotta get my popcorn out here. Hold on. Gotta continue. I got, I got, I got. Kyle McCord is going to end up winning the job. He's going to be rated higher. Um, well, I'm not nearly as passionate about what I'm about to talk about. So. Our apologies to Kirk Herbstreit. We ran out of time. We'll get him rescheduled soon. And for Matt Bruning and Austin Ace, I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. It is 8.30 Central Time, the only time zone where the best football players in the nation. And it's time for the Debbie Debate, brought to you by CampusToCanton.com. As you can tell, this is not the sultry tones of Felix, and this is not the smart quirkiness of Austin. I don't know if he's going to be happy that I said smart and quirky. It is Matt. Uh, That was just a horrible way to transition to myself, but whatever. We're going to roll with it because I don't like to edit things. Uh, I am here doing the show solo tonight. Uh, Austin is off being bougie in the Alps. Um, His private plane got a little bit delayed earlier today due to some weather he i believe rented out an entire condo for him and his wife um and they're currently still i believe in the middle of of getting everything into the limousine and getting over there so he's not going to be able to join the show tonight Uh, and then felix is just prepping himself for the loss that's going to happen this weekend in the game and uh, you know, we were talking a little bit pre-show, and he was already kind of crying. And so I was like, you know what? Just take the show off. Get yourself together. Enjoy the weekend because we know come Saturday it's going to be a bad weekend for you. So, uh, you know, we just mutually decided it's probably best the two of us not do a show together uh, just because, you know, it's it's going to be fun for me to gloat about a win that's coming and him have to deal with just another thing that this, that state and that team up north is just not good at, which is football. And, and that's what Felix does, right? Like, Felix does football, almost like Maryland. They do crab cakes and football. That's what Maryland does. Felix does football, but the state up there doesn't. So, anyways, let's move on. Uh, it's just going to be me. We're going to do just a little roundtable. I don't really have any topics planned. 
Going to kind of run through a lot of different college stuff tonight. We'll talk a little bit about the games we've got coming up, the coach firings and what might happen with that. And, and honestly, I might talk a little bit of high school. We just had a big news item drop, at least for me, uh, a quarterback that I'm a big fan of in this freshman class, this 2022 freshman class, has just decommitted where he might go, uh, some other players moving around. So we're just we're going to jump into it right away. Let's, tar- let's start with the games this weekend, rivalry weekend. We know we've got a ton of great games starting Friday as well. So Thursday, let's just be honest. None of those football games sound very interesting for the NFL. I, I you know, I kind of wish there were Thursday games going on for Thanksgiving uh, college football, but we don't have that. But Friday, we've got a full slate of college football games and a ton of really good ones. Also, I'm kind of an idiot, if you guys haven't realized that. I was going and looking at my notes here. Uh, There is a game Thursday, uh, and a very good one, the Egg Bowl. Ole Miss, Mississippi State. That was the game I was looking forward to on Friday. Hey, what do you know? It's on Thursday, which is perfect, because during that time, you got the Bills and the New Orleans Saints for the NFL. Don't think that game's going to be very good, so tune into this one. Man, a lot of offense obviously coming in this one. Can Matt Corral get that big win? Uh, and, you know, and Will Rogers has looked really good for Mississippi State. I'm very curious to see what he looks like in this one. Malachi Polk as well. Um, very interested to watch this game. Should be fun between Mike Leach and Lane Kiffin as well, right? Two of the more interesting coaches in college football. Going into Friday, you get Boise State, San Diego State. Don't know that that's going to be really a great game. Uh, but it's one of the probably premier games here in the early window because uh, there's not really a, a lot of other great games. Unless you want to watch Eastern Michigan, Central Michigan, you got Kansas State, Texas, Utah State, Nebraska, Iowa. Then we get to the 2.30. Again, we're talking all Central time here, folks, because that's really the only time zone that matters. 2.30, you get Cincinnati, Eastern Carolina. May not sound like a great game when you say that. Cincinnati just favored by 14. East Carolina's not a bad football team. They are 7-4. and four. Uh, Cincinnati, again, is favored by 14. They just got into the playoff rankings this week, sitting at number 4. I really believe if they went out, they're getting in. Um, I, I don't. I, I think if... The committee, I don't think, wants to get into that situation they had in 2015 where they put TC, I believe it was TCU, it was TCU or Baylor in, and then they pulled them out for Ohio State and had to go through and explain all the stuff on why they pulled them out. I think the fact that they put Cincinnati in is them finally showing a little bit of respect for this team and what they've done this season. Uh, and so I think if they went out, they're staying in, and this is going to be a tough test for them. I actually think the next two weeks will be tough for them. They get East Carolina, and the next week in the championship game, they get Houston, who is also undefeated and has a very good offense so I really think that both these games could be big for Cincinnati they need to win both of them to continue moving forward but again they they should get yeah Houston 8-0 really good offense and that'll be I believe who they play for the American Athletic Conference uh for the for the championship game there so really two big games for for Cincinnati we can talk a little bit more about the playoffs later let's get through the rest of the schedule here um and then in those early afternoon games you know Utah Colorado could be interesting we'll see what Utah looks like after a big win against Oregon do they have any kind of letdown game you would hope not against a team like Colorado but it might happen TCU Iowa State you know, TCU might be getting a new head coach soon. We'll talk a little bit about that uh, because there's rumors with one of the other coaches here uh, in, in college football that's getting a lot of run that might end up coming to SMU. And then late night set, or Friday, you get uh, Washington State. Washington probably not going to be a great game, but North Carolina and NC State could be big because if NC State gets a win here, I believe if Wake Forest loses, they could end up in the ACC championship game. So lots of play for there. Um, the latest news to drop since of me recording this. 
is that Sam Howell is questionable still for the game. Obviously, we'd love to see Sam Howell out there. Probably the last time we're going to get to see him on a college field because I don't know that he's going to play in the bowl game. If they, yeah, they'll, they'll get to a bowl game. I don't know if he plays in the bowl game. I think he's, at least for me, he's secured first-round draft capital. I know there's a lot of people who don't think he's a first-round pick. I do. He's still my number two quarterback behind Matt Corral, and I still believe that he could get drafted ahead of Corral because I think he's got such a safe floor. His ceiling may be limited compared to the Corrals and Willis's of the world, but I think his floor is so much safer than both of those guys that we might see an NFL team just be like, you know what, I know what I'm getting in Sam Howell, and I'm okay with that, and I'll take him. It's just kind of the quarterback that I want. Uh, so I think that that's what we could see, a Jimmy G, Baker Mayfield type, right? And maybe it's safer to say Jimmy G because Baker has not played very well. Uh, but I'd be very curious to see if he ends up coming out and playing in that game. Could be a big game for North Carolina as well. And again, likely the last chance we get to see of Sam Howell on the college football field. Then we get into Saturday, obviously the big game here, the game between Ohio State and that team up north. Uh, And all kidding aside, I think this is going to be a very good game. I just talked recently with uh, Brandon Hay, one of the other contributors over at Campus to Canton, on his podcast, Decoding Devi, and we talked a lot about the game. I actually think this is going to be a a fairly good game, a close game for all the the crap I was just giving Felix at the beginning of this episode. It doesn't matter. He's not going to listen to this. Me and him, you know, secretly... I don't, I don't know if he really likes me. I don't know. It's weird. We, we have a very weird friendship. No, I'm just kidding. Felix is, a, is an amazing guy. Uh, and, and I do think this is going to be a close game. You got Joe. I think it's Joe, Joba, Joba. Uh, I don't remember. But then you Aiden Hutchinson as well. They The the Buckeyes lost Harry Miller a couple weeks ago. And, and the offensive lines look good. But they've not played a defensive front like this with Michigan. I think they're going to be able to get some pressure on Stroud. And, and say what you want. Stroud has been amazing. I know I've been one of his biggest haters in a way. Um, for the second half of the season, a lot of people thinking because of how much I like McCord, but I just don't think Stroud is has played like he's not the best player on that team. Those wide receivers are, and, and honestly, Trey Henderson's been better. And I know Stroud's getting all this hype uh, to be the Heisman winner, but I think the Heisman winner should go to the best player in college. And I don't know that that's him, but that's besides the point for what we're discussing right now. If they get pressure on him, I'm very curious to see how Stroud plays. You know, they have not had a lot of really tough road games. Their last one was in Nebraska, and I know they didn't have Garrett Wilson in that one, but it really seemed like the crowd affected him at times. Stroud did not have a great game. Big interception, big fumble in that game. The Big House, one of the biggest stadiums in college football. Those fans are right on top of you, and they're going to be screaming. I would not be surprised, as again, me and Brandon talked about in this one, if, if that team up north, if they win the toss, if they don't take the ball first and try and score right off the bat, because that's going to get that stadium rocking. It's going to be hard for Ohio State to hear. I think Ohio State can match them, but I think this is going to be a really close game. Right now, Ohio State is only favored by eight points, and I think that that's fair. It, it's going to be a really good game, a really stressful game, especially for someone like me who's been talking all this crap about Ohio State winning this game easily. I don't think it's actually going to happen. Uh, moving on, Texas Tech-Baylor could be an interesting game. Obviously, Baylor still has a chance to make it into the Big 12 championship. They have to win this game. Um, and Texas Tech, you know, Donovan Smith, the guy that Felix and Austin have talked up a lot recently, had a bad game. We saw uh, Byron Morton get into the game last week, who, who's a freshman that I really like. But if Donovan Smith goes out there again this week and plays really well, I think he's going to secure that job. Uh, so big, big thing for him moving forward. I'm sorry, Houston isn't undefeated. They're 10-1. They're undefeated in their conference. They get UConn. They should roll there. 
Uh, going through some of the other games here, I mean, Alabama-Auburn, if Bo Nix was playing, I, I think this might be a better game. We've seen actually the last two times that Alabama has gone into Auburn for the Iron Bowl, they have lost. TJ Finley, I don't think, is a massive step down from Bo Nix, but I, I don't know that he's going to be enough to win this game. I think Alabama's going to end up winning pretty comfortably. They're favored by 19. Uh, the next big game, Oregon State at Oregon. You know, Oregon coming off the big loss to Utah. Can they rebound? Oregon State's been playing really good this year, 7-4. and four. Um, Nolan, their head coach, has really had this team rallied. I would not be surprised if this is an, uh, we're on upset alert again here for Oregon. And and that might also be because I think Mario Cristobal might end up be leaving, might end up leaving Oregon as well. There's a lot of rumors about him taking another head coaching job uh and i'm very curious to see if he leaves and, and and you know i think maybe he's taken oregon as far as they can go penn state michigan state another one of the early afternoon games very big game as well you know we saw that uh james franklin got extended we'll talk more about that in the coaching news stuff here in a minute but michigan state big game for them can they bounce back after a drubbing by ohio state i think it'd be big if they can get that win and finish the season nine and two regardless of what you think um, whether they've been overrated or not, Mel Tucker's done a great job. This team was projected to win like three or four games this year, and they've got nine with a chance to get ten wins. Good on Mel Tucker, good on the Spartans. And then obviously if James Franklin can get the win, it'd be big for Penn State. Uh, you know, he just signed the big extension there, as I just mentioned. Got a pretty good recruiting class coming in as well. Austin and myself love Drew Aller. Amazing quarterback talent. They could have their quarterback of the future. And, you know, I think that's really the only thing that's held them back. Their defense has been really good. Offense has been good at times with Mike Yurkich. Um, they could really challenge Ohio State as one of the better teams here if Aller is as good as promised. Uh, then moving in to the Knights games here, um, you know, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Bedlam is probably the biggest one. I'm going to save that one for a minute. Uh, Clemson, South Carolina. I don't think South Carolina is going to beat Clemson, but that'll be a big one for who gets in as well in the ACC championship game. Um, let's see. BYU Memphis is another big one. Jackson Dart likely starting again. I want to see if USC can finish on a high note. They're not going to make it to a bowl game, uh, but you know, getting to five and six is a lot better than being four and seven. BYU has been a pretty good team all year, and they're ranked number thirteen. Uh, Pitt, Syracuse. Just want to see if Kenny Pickett can keep playing well, and then obviously Bedlam, Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State. I think this is the last game that has any real playoff implications. So how it'll play out if Oklahoma wins. They will play Oklahoma State again next week for the Big 12 Championship. If Oklahoma wins, I think they have an outside shot to make the playoffs, but I, I'm not sure. And so we're gonna we're, we'll transition right to the playoff conversation actually now with this because I think it, it's imperative with this matchup. Because if Oklahoma State wins. They do not get Oklahoma next week. That's kind of a fallacy. A lot of people talk about they will get to play each other twice. That's not true. If Oklahoma State wins, I believe they play Baylor because Baylor has the head-to-head against Oklahoma. They would have to win, though, their matchup again earlier in the day, and I already forgot now who they're playing, but it doesn't matter because they're likely going to win that game. Um, And so if they do, it'll be them versus Oklahoma State if Oklahoma State can beat Oklahoma. Texas Tech. I don't know why it took me so long to remember that. They're playing Texas Tech. So if Oklahoma State wins, I do think that they can beat Baylor. I do think that there's a realistic shot that they make it into the playoffs. Their defense has been phenomenal. One of the best. Actually, I think the best in the Big 12. One of the better ones in all of college football. 
And and I think that's going to then come down to a conversation of it's going to be them. If Cincinnati wins out, I honestly think Cincinnati's in. I, I am expecting Ohio State to win this weekend, and then they likely get the ba- a game against Wisconsin. I think they beat Wisconsin. And so then you get Georgia, Ohio State, and Cincinnati locked in because I think Georgia is going to beat Bama. Uh, Bama has just not been that great of a team. I see a lot of people talking about, oh, hey, well, you know, if, if Bama win, if Bama loses a close game to Georgia, they might get in. We have never seen the committee even, like, have a sniff of a thought about putting a two-loss non-conference champion into the playoffs. That's the big thing for me. I don't. I really actually don't care about the two-loss part. It's the two-loss non-conference champion. I, and I don't think they do that unless they just solely buy in, which we have seen for parts of this year because Alabama has not been what they typically are. They've been up there because of what they've done in the past. So that would be the only thing I think would get them in is because, oh, well, it's Alabama and it's the premier name, right? If they lose to Georgia, I don't care if it's by three points. I think if Oklahoma State beats Oklahoma and then beats Baylor, they're in. And so I think we're going to see Georgia, Ohio State, Cincinnati, Oklahoma State. And, man, that really could be a a bad first round because I don't know that Oklahoma State— it would be a very interesting game, I think, with them in Georgia. While Georgia has the better defense, um, I think Oklahoma State's defense is actually really good. I think it would be a defensive struggle, but Georgia would win probably by 14-20. to Uh, And then I do think Ohio State would probably beat up on Cincinnati pretty bad. Um, But we would get the national championship a lot of us, at least in the college side of things, want, and that's Georgia versus Ohio State. However, if Oklahoma wins— then they get Oklahoma State again. If they beat them twice, I'm very curious to see if they put them in over Alabama. I would assume they would because, again, the two-loss non-conference champion part. But I, I think there's a much stronger argument between those two because Oklahoma is just – they've they looked really good earlier, but I've talked a lot about, uh, obviously, the past couple weeks. And I think maybe we got a little too excited about Caleb Williams and how good he was playing. Uh, and he's kind of come back to earth a little bit now, and I wonder if some of that is – there's a lot of rumors, too, that Lincoln Riley might be leaving Oklahoma. We've seen all these other coaches come out and say, hey, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not interested in this job. They're getting extensions. We ain't seeing or hearing nothing from Lincoln Riley, and I just feel like that's a little bit telling. I don't know that he leaves, but I also think it's the same thing with him. I mean, I know that they're going to the SEC, but I think he's kind of taking Oklahoma as far as they can go right now. They've just not been able to get over the hump. Some of that I think is possibly some limitations on defensive recruiting. If he goes to the SEC to a place like LSU or even Florida, you know you're going to be able to get those top-end defensive recruits as well just based on name cachet, and then you have Lincoln Riley there as well who brings in his own name cachet. So very interested to see what happens with that, though. I think... You know, if they if they split that, so like say Oklahoma wins the first matchup and then Oklahoma State wins the Big 12 championship, I think that's how you see Alabama get in. Or maybe we even see Notre Dame sneak in at four. I don't know. Uh, but I think really realistically, to, to cap off here the playoff conversation, the only teams still left in it and that are playing this weekend are Georgia, Ohio State, Cincinnati, Michigan, because they are playing Ohio State, and if they do win, they're going to be in. Uh, And then you get Alabama, who I don't think I've just mentioned, and then Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Notre Dame. So those eight teams all battling it out this next week. And, And again, I will also say on Notre Dame, the thing that might hurt them the most is the fact that, again, they're not in a conference. And... 
while they're not going to be playing next week and they're going to be sitting at home, that might be actually a detriment against them. While, yes, they don't have a chance to go out there and lose to anybody, they also don't have to go, they don't get a chance to go out there and put more game on tape and impress the committee anymore. And I don't know that they have any real impressive wins. The best team that they've played on their schedule, in my opinion, outside of Cincinnati is North Carolina. And they barely beat North Carolina. And we all don't think North Carolina is a great team, especially with everything that they've lost. So I get that they're 10-1, and and they're currently the number six team in the playoff rankings. But, I mean, seriously, look at their schedule. Give me a reason why they should be in USC, not having a good year. Navy, Virginia, down. They didn't even play him with Brandon Presley. Maybe if Presley played, I might have been a little bit more impressed with that win. They destroyed Georgia Tech. You know, Wisconsin, that that was probably a good win. Wisconsin, I think, has gotten better since earlier in the year, 41-13. That's probably their best win. But then Toledo, I mean, they beat Florida State in overtime. Florida State, not a great team. Purdue, like, they have not had a great, great, schedule here not a lot of really big wins and then they they lost 24 to 13 to Cincinnati and and we're all they struggle to put Cincinnati in until this week because they keep saying Cincinnati is not that good of a team well they lost to that supposedly not that good of a team so I don't know what's going to happen with Notre Dame I believe they're in the conversation but I think not having a conference championship game could hurt them they really need to go out there and blow out Stanford this week which is possible Stanford not a good team at at Hall right now so so that is possible all right let's Let's talk about some coaches because we've had a lot of coaching. We've had a lot of coaching news in college football here as of late, over the past couple days. Let's start with Dan Mullen. We, um, since we've last recorded, we have not gotten a chance to talk about this. He was let go from Florida. I feel like the writing was on the wall there. Um, you know whether he goes. NFL, I think there was a lot of rumors about that a year or two ago, him possibly going to the NFL. Whether he goes NFL or goes somewhere else, I don't know. I don't know that he's going to take even a year off. I will say, and this kind of scares me a little bit, he does have a lot of connections with Ryan Day. I don't know that they bring him in as an offensive coordinator. Maybe possibly to do like the Nick Saban rehab thing where they like they bring a coach in and kind of let him rebuild his reputation and go back out there. Because I do think Ohio State might lose a couple of their big-name coordinators this year with all the jobs that are opening. Uh, but I'm very curious to see what happens with him and then where, where Florida goes. I think this is a big, big thing for them. We, we've seen Anthony Richardson might be transferring. You know, they don't have the best recruiting class. I think they really need to bring in a guy who's going to be a good recruiter, especially with the just hotbed of talent in that state, um, and then bring in good coaches around you, which I kind of think is what James Franklin is, and we'll, we'll obviously get to him in a minute. We obviously know about the uh, Ed Ordron being gone from LSU. Gary Patterson being gone from TCU is another big one here. So there's a lot of talks that SMU's head coach is going to be coming here, who, um, goodness, his name just jumped out of my head. Sonny, Sonny Dykes. Yeah, okay, Sonny Dykes. There's a lot of rumors that he's coming to TCU, and I do think that that might be true because all of TCU's top commits are now decommitting, and they've been decommitting over like the past day or so, past 24 hours. Usually that means because they're getting some kind of word that Sonny Dykes is not going to be there anymore. I don't know if he goes TCU or if he goes another route, but it seems like that's who TCU really wants, and I think the writing on the wall with the fact that uh, all these commits are decommitting means he's likely gone. And, and I think TCU is probably a good place for him. 
You want to talk uh, extensions here. I just mentioned James Franklin's, obviously. Uh, worth $75 million. Now, a lot of people are saying this is not a great thing for him. I think it's a 10-year deal. But if you get past the second year, the buyout is is about as much as how much they're paying him yearly, which is actually not a lot of money. So there's a chance that they could get out from underneath him in a couple years. Um, I think Franklin is an, an incredible recruiter. I don't know that he's a great coach, though. Uh, but Mike Yurchich says Yurkich, Yurchich, my goodness, has come in and done a really good job with that offense. And I think that's what makes a good coach, though, too, a good head coach. He doesn't have to be a good football coach. He doesn't have to be Ryan Day and be this great offensive guy or Lane Kiffin, right? He can come in and be a great CEO of your program, and if he's such a good recruiter and then he's able to bring in smart coaches on the defense and offensive side of the ball, that is also a way that you can win. Uh, I'm just going to be honest here. I don't always think that Urban Meyer has been the greatest coach of all time, but he did a good job bringing in coordinators. They recruited to his system well. If James Franklin continues to do that, I think Penn State's going to be good. They've been the second-best team in the Big Ten for most of his tenure there, uh, so I, I don't think it was a bad move by them at all. The Cowboys, uh Oklahoma State extend Mike Gundy, Scott Frost as well, which is interesting. I know Scott Frost gets a lot of hate at Nebraska, but I mean, they've been really close in a lot of these games. I do think that matters. The biggest thing for him is he's just not recruited well, but I mean, look, and I'm sorry, might lose some fans in Lincoln, Nebraska. I don't know that it's easy to recruit anybody to Lincoln, Nebraska. It's not like you're going, you know, to USC or Miami or Florida or Texas, you know, uh, there's not really a lot out there except for cornfields. If I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm right on that. So, and Nebraska's not been what they used to be. So I do think it's kind of hard to bring recruits in there. PJ Fleck gets an extension with Minnesota as well. It's going to be interesting because I know there's a lot of talk, obviously, about the big ones like USC. Obviously, another one, Clay Helton got fired a while back. There's been a lot of big openings, which is going to then lead to a lot of smaller openings as well. There's a lot of smaller schools that like not a lot of people are talking about uh, that are, that are you know Jim I think was it Randy Etzel was out at UConn, Butch Davis out at I think it was FIU. Like there's a lot of schools that are opening up colleges, and we'll see a lot more once the season's over, which is mean just means we're going to see a lot of movement. A lot of coaches are going to move coordinators and those coordinators are going to open spots for other places so it's going to be very interesting to see how that affects you know kids transferring kids you know decommitting there's a lot of different things that could happen with these coaches I I, I can't really say who I think is going to be a good head coaching candidate for any of these jobs because it's man I, I just I don't know I know Bob Stoops I believe came out earlier today and shot down him going to Florida I don't know who would be a great one there I mean there's a lot of talk that, you know, them or LSU want Lane Kiffin. I do think he'd be a good spot or a good coach at either one of those. Don't know if that actually happens, but it's going to be fun. I I mean, I don't think we're near the end of this big coaching carousel. I think a lot more ones are going to come. I mean, Virginia Tech's another one I forgot all about that that is going to, uh, is open as well. But, I mean, we saw Texas Tech, uh, I believe they, they, um, uh, who did they, they just, hired someone or they lost someone I think I think they lost someone but uh, again there's just a lot of different moves uh, happening right now in the coaching on the coaching carousel oh and, and of course Mel Tucker I forgot all about him with his extension it's not uh, I believe it's not been technically official or signed yet but it's supposedly like 95 mil over 10 years is what they're talking about I think it's a great thing for him again I think he's done a great job at Michigan State so I'm happy for him Washington came open you know Jimmy Lake after everything that happened with 
uh, the hitting the player and all that stuff. And let's just be honest, he just wasn't doing that good with them. Not at great recruiting classes as well. You know, he he got fired a couple of weeks ago. So there's just there's a lot of openings. Going to be very interesting to see how this all plays out. Bill O'Brien, another really hot name. Rumors to him at USC. You know, I'm interested to see how that plays out. I mean, he was really good at Penn State. I think a lot of us have a bad taste in our mouth because we remember what he did at Houston with the Houston Texans. Uh, he's a good coach. He's just not a good GM. And I'll stand by always saying that. I think he actually is a really good offensive mind and a really good coach. And I think he's probably a pretty good recruiter as well from what I remember those Penn State days. Uh, just not a great GM in the NFL, and there's nothing wrong with that. Maybe he just got a little too ahead of his ski or out over his skis, however the hell you say that term and saying. So um, I'm interested to see if he ends up at one of these schools as well. So let's jump into some of these decommitments. The SMU one, obviously, we talked about. Uh, a lot of those guys decommitting, and I think that's probably because of Sonny Dykes uh, leaving. We'll see what happens there. I mean, you still probably got Mordecai there for one more year. I think they've got a good offense. I think Gray is coming out, so they're going to lose him. Has been their most productive um, wide receiver. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what goes there. They've always had a pretty good offense. I think they'll kind of stick close to that kind of offensive play style, regardless of if Dykes leaves or not. The big one, though, for me is Devin Brown. He decommitted from... Uh, USC, which I was always kind of curious about him going there anyway because Jackson Dart is so good. I don't think that he would have played in two years, so it's probably smart for him. A lot of rumors swirling around right now that he's going to go to Notre Dame. I think that's a great fit. Uh, now, I'm much higher on him than Austin and Alfred, who are you know the other two guys really diving into the 2022 class. I think he can be better than Buckner with his arm talent alone. I think he's a lot more athletic than he gets credit for. He's definitely not the athlete that Buckner is. But Buckner hasn't done anything for Notre Dame this year. And maybe some of that's because Chip Kelly doesn't let him get out there. I don't know. Even when he has been, he's not been that impressive. Granted, I don't know that Chip Kelly would play Devin Brown anyways because he seems to kind of steer clear of freshmen. So he may not even get the start if he goes there. But I do think it'd be a good landing spot for him. And, and I'm going to be honest. I think Kelly, Brian Kelly could be a guy who might be leaving Notre Dame as well. He may have taken them as far as they can go. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe he jumped shit for the USC job, which would be crazy. Would totally piss off at Notre Dame fans, but would be a very interesting hire if they did, because I do think he's a very good, uh, he's a pretty good recruiter. I don't know that he's a great head coach. Uh, and it would suck for Jackson Dart, if I'm being honest, because I don't know that he's great with his offensive play calling. But I think with all these coaching changes and everything going on in the college landscape, we're going to see a lot more of these decommits and, and players switching schools. Uh, it's definitely an exciting time, uh, especially to be a fan of college football. Make sure to pay attention to campusdecanton.com. We've got a bunch of stuff planned for the offseason. Um, we will definitely be diving into this stuff as well when players commit, re, uh, decommit. We've got early signing day coming up, I believe, in a couple weeks. We'll definitely drop some videos and talk about those and what that means for the players who are committing. And uh, we've got rookie profiles and everything. We've got a ton of stuff coming out on the YouTube channel, so definitely check that out, the Camps to Canton YouTube channel, and a bunch of other stuff, some secret projects I can't quite talk about yet. Uh, but if you follow at campstocanton.com on Twitter, or at campstocanton, I'm sorry, on Twitter, you'll see we'll, we'll start talking about all that stuff here in the near future. Uh, that That's going to do it for me. I really don't uh, have much else. We just kind of wanted to do a quick episode. It's very important to us, Felix, Austin, and myself. Probably should have done the, the you know, alphabetical correct way Austin Felix and myself to just kind of continue put out an episode every single week 
and, and, and all joking aside, those two guys had stuff to do with their families. Uh, so they um, were not able to do the show, and we wanted to put something out. So I figured I could jump on and talk on the mic for about 30 minutes and just kind of give you guys something to look forward to and listen to over the Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, I'll, I'll say it, and I'm sure that both of those gentlemen echo my thoughts here. We just want to say thank you to you guys so much. Um, we... You know, when we started doing this podcast, it was more just because the three of us wanted to talk college football. N- none of us knew each other. If you're in the Discord, you know Felix has, has talked about this story. Uh, I had interacted with Felix a little bit, and then obviously I've also interacted with Austin. Um, and Felix had kind of just joined when we, at the time, all three of us were at Dynasty Nerds. And he was like, hey, I want to do a, a Debbie podcast. And I was like, well, hey, I'd love to help, and I'd love to be a part of it if you'd have me. And he was like, yeah, absolutely. He's like, I think we should add one more person. And he was like, we should add Austin. And I was like, ah, you know, sure, I guess. I don't even no, maybe we should go this route. He's like, no, nah, I really like Austin and his content. And it's probably been the best movie made because Austin is, is super smart. Don't tell him I said that because he's not going to listen to this. Uh, but it, it's been great getting to know those two and being a part of this group. And a lot of that is because of you guys. You know, I, I'm sure that the three of us would keep doing this even if nobody was listening. But... We get so many downloads and so many of you guys talking to us on Twitter and interacting with us. So many of you I know have joined CampusToCanton.com, and and it really means a lot to us. We're very thankful for you guys. Uh, So I just wanted to, you know, seriously say thank you because you guys and your support in downloading, listening, interacting, joining the website allows us to continue to do what we do and what we love, which is talking college football. Uh, It's an outlet for the three of us, at least for me. I'm sorry, I won't speak for them. It's an outlet for me. I love with the stresses and everything of daily life and, and my, my, my day job, as I call it, um, to be able to just come on here and talk college football and that so many of you guys actually care what I think is just a really cool feeling. And, I, and so I really appreciate, appreciate it. So I'm very thankful to all of you who download, listen, subscribe. Even if you hate me and you only listen for Felix and Austin, it still means a lot to me that you do that. I, I, I love that you guys hate me. I, you know, it, it's, it is part of who I am. I'm an Ohio State fan. I talk loud. I say stupid things. So I understand the hate. Uh, but we're we're just very appreciative of you guys, you know, listening and and supporting us. It, it means a lot. So from the bottom of my heart, seriously, thank you to all of you. Please and and hope you have a safe and happy Thanksgiving with your loved ones, your friends, your family, whomever you're spending Thanksgiving with. I hope that you have yourselves a great weekend. Uh, make sure to tune in Saturday for the tailgates. Uh, Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern. Uh, I believe myself and Brandon Hay will be doing that show. Probably not two hours. It'll be 30, 45 minutes. We're just going to kind of recap the games from Friday and then talk about the big games coming up on Saturday. And then Coast to Coast will be live Saturday night probably after Bedlam, but I'm not sure. I think it'll just be Felix and myself as well recapping the day's action. So uh, join us on Saturday if you guys can. Again, please have a safe and happy Thanksgiving. And And the three of us should be back together again next Wednesday. Everybody, enjoy your weekend. Um, For for not Felix, for not Austin, I am Matt Bruning. Good night. Oh, and Kirk, I'm sorry. You know, I I did not see you sitting backstage. I'm so sorry. It's time to go. Bro, bro, enjoy the game, though. I know you're already uh, already up in Michigan for the big house. You guys are going to have a great game day. So I, I see you. Salute to you, too, sir. Good day. Good day to you, sir. Good night and good luck. Intercepted by Eli Apple at the 25, and Apple will go to the ground at the 32, and that's it. Ohio State national champions for the eighth time as they defeat Oregon 42-20.
Here's Tua stepping back, loads up, looks long, throws, end zone, touchdown, touchdown Alabama, Devontae Smith, touchdown Alabama, and the Crimson Tide has once again ascended to the top of the college football mountain, their fifth national championship in nine years, their 17th overall. Watson takes a snap, rolls right, looks to the end zone. Hunter and Bob caught it! Touchdown! 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 With a second left, Watson hits Renfro, and Clemson grabs a 34-31 lead and is one second away from the second national championship in school history. Hill. Just in front of his end zone, has a man out there, it is Ranger, and he's off to the races, nobody will catch him! <laughs> 93 yards for the freshman! Up, Made the adjustments in the second quarter. Dobbins again, more than 10 yards per carry, he'll add to that! Goodbye, touchdown Ohio State. From 52 yards.